So I'm aware of the time, and I've got something that I need to speak on today, because I feel like it's a direction that the Lord's taking us this year and in the years to come. Um, and so I'm going to condense it a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, so I, so Father, Lord, <laughs> Lord, we bring this time to you. We, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to do what you do. And uh, to bring uh, clarity and vision and bring things, uh, bring confirmations uh, to us, Lord, this morning. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. So, so uh, real quick, let's do this. We're gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip through a couple of verses that most of you are familiar with. Uh, the first one is in um, Mark chapter 4, verse 24. Jesus is talking and he says, uh, take care what you listen to. Uh, take care what you listen to. And then uh, in Luke's gospel, Luke is, is taking this same story and Luke says, the way he interprets it is that Jesus says, um, so take care how you listen. So Mark says, take care what you listen to. Uh, Luke says, take care how you listen. The whole thing about how we listen. We are constantly listening and filtering based on really, especially with the word of, the, with the word of God, based on faith. We, we are filtering, we, we have a tendency to filter out the things that we don't think pertain to us or there's things that, that we gravitate towards and it's all based on faith. And so the Lord is saying, take care how you listen a lot of times, I when I read scripture, I'll find myself kind of getting into a rhythm of either trying to get through what I'm reading and on to the next thing, or I begin to think about some things, and so I'm constantly having to rein my mind in and 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 focus on keeping my heart open because the Word of God is living. So there's never a time when we pick up our Bible that the Word of God is asleep or the Word of God is dead. It's constantly living. It's living. So it's constantly speaking. The, the, the problem is that my receptors get out of whack, so to speak. And so what I have to do is I have to slow down, and sometimes I slow way down, and uh, and just pay attention to what, where the Lord is speaking to me, what the Lord, if you, if you will keep reading, if you'll keep reading in scripture, he'll begin to speak to you. Now, the trick is, is again, for me, uh, I don't know what you call this <clears throat> goal oriented or, or, or dysfunctional. I, I don't, but I, I get, I'm trying to get through my Bible reading plan. And sometimes that's the goal of my days to get through the Bible reading plan. And I totally miss the things that I'm reading. Has that ever happened to you? And so anyway, because I like to be the one at the end of the year, it goes, check, I did it. So, but Jesus said, be careful what you listen to, be careful how you listen. And then he talks about, or the writer talks about in Hebrews chapter four, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. He's referring to the children of Israel back in the day, but they, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So this would be um, uh, in reference to Jesus saying, pay attention to how.
how you hear. There's a way that you can hear. There's a way that we can read uh, uh, in Scripture. There's a way that we hear. We hear with faith. We hear, uh, we deflect. Um, there's things that, that are too grandiose for me that, that I read. is like, oh, that can't be talking about me. And, and yet it is. And so the thing that I want to say Every word of the Lord to you. Your destiny is bigger than you. Your destiny on purpose is bigger than you. And the thing that we have to understand on the, from the onset, on the front end, is that he always calls us to things that are bigger than we are. And that's part of his plans to get us to rely on him. It's like he told Moses, Moses said, hey, I'm not a good speaker. So I don't want you to, to deliver this nation, yeah, but I'm not a good speaker. And God's like, but I'll be with you. But that wasn't good enough for Moses. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm not a good speaker. All right, well, here's your brother. Take him, but I'll still be with you. And so the Lord always calls us to things that are bigger than us. So anyway, so. Jesus says, take care what you listen to. And then in the very next verse, the very next verse in, in, in Mark, he says, for whoever has to him, more shall be given. Take care how you listen. Take care what you listen to. Right after that, Jesus says, for to him who has, more will be given. This is a profound statement. This is a profound promise. If we're not careful... When we read this, we can let it go to the place where we store mental assent statements. But Jesus said, the words that I speak are spirit and they are life. So everything that Jesus speaks has a life element to it. There's a life punch to it, so to speak. So he says, be careful what you listen to. For whoever has to him, more shall be given. Okay. Whoever has, what is he talking about? Whoever has, he's talking about the kingdom. Whoever has the kingdom, whatever measure that you have, there is more to be had. Okay? He is saying whatever measure of the kingdom that you have, you need to know that it's the Lord's desire to give you even more than what you have. For he says, for whoever, so not only whoever has, not, not only is he talking about the measure that we have, but now he's, he's singling out the person, whoever. And this is where we get into the caste system where we disqualify ourselves. Whoever, doesn't matter who you are, whoever, what, what, whoever you are, how much you have, know this, it is the Lord's desire to give you more. So the thing about it is we don't have to convince him that we want more. He's trying to convince us that he wants to give us more. But only if we want more. If you're content with what you have, that would be your ceiling. So, but if you're hungry for more, if we're hungry for more, if we're willing to cooperate with him, he will give us more. So the question is, how do I get more? We all want more right? I want more. You want more. We all want more. The only caveat is, 
is we don't realize this, but we want more of God, but we want more of God on our terms. And there comes a place, there comes a time in our growing up in the Lord where that doesn't work anymore. We have to come to him on his terms. And his terms of us getting us of us getting more, one of the things I want to talk about, his terms is all about us getting more and the way that we get more is through prayer and fasting. It's a proven fact, I'll just tell you. It is a proven fact all throughout Scripture. Those that prayed and fasted saw the Holy Spirit work in their life. The Holy Spirit does um, tremendous things in people's lives through prayer and fasting. I'm trying to hurry. I'm trying to hurry. I really am. So, look at this, Matthew 6. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 17. When you fast, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So look at what this says. Notice, Jesus says, when you fast, he doesn't say if you fast. He says, when you fast. So that tells us that fasting is a normal part of the Christian life. Fasting is not something that we do. It's a lifestyle. Boy, the amens are getting lower and lower and lower. You know what? And at the end of today's, we got free root canals. So, fasting is part of a normal Christian life. Your father, look at what he says. Your father will reward you openly as it pertains to fasting. There's some benefit to fasting that we get that, but, but because this is not, a, you know, I was telling first service, I wish it was just the other way around. I wish it was the one that's like, Hey, whoever can eat the most at the meat bar, get, you get more of me. I'm like, Hey, let's go. I might lose, but I'm going to give it my all. But the reward, there's a reward in fasting. And so I know I can just tell I'm just tell you this, the reward for me in fasting is that my spirit is more in tune with him than when I don't fast. I'm more sensitized to his spirit. There's a recalibration that happens every time I fast. And so the reward, one of the rewards is, is I get more attuned to him. I'm more sensitized. I'm more tenderized. I'm more aware of his presence. I, I, I can hear him clearer. I make better decisions. Uh, uh, I, 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 I am stronger against the attacks of the enemy. All of these are benefits for us as we pray and fast. So fasting, you don't really get anything from God. You, you, don't, you don't really impress God by your fasting. Fasting is not for him, it's for you. Fasting actually positions us to receive more from the Holy Spirit. So you want more? Begin to fast. But not only that, fasting causes us to not only be positioned, but it also causes us to co-op, cooperate, cooperate, say that three times real fast, cooperate more with the Lord for his purposes for our life. Let me be very clear. Fasting does not change God's heart towards me or my circumstances. 
We, I don't fast in order to get God to pay attention to me. I fast in order to receive the affection that he already has for me. So fasting changes my heart towards God. It actually positions my heart towards God. But not only that, but fasting is a way that increases my faith. Matthew 17. Turn to Matthew 17. Or not. Matthew 17. Jesus and and his three disciples are coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter, James, and John, they're up there. They see Jesus. He's glorified, sees uh, 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 Elijah and Moses there. On the way down, they noticed a commotion. When they had come to the multitude, there's a multitude, there's a group of people at the foot of the mountain waiting for Jesus. It says, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast this out? This was a great question. Basically, they're coming from the place of, hey, in chapter 10, where Jesus had given them authority to cast out demons to heal every kind of sickness. And so they'd been doing that. They've been doing this for two or three years. And all of a sudden, they they get to this place where they went to pray for this one kid and it doesn't work. So they're like, uh, how come we couldn't do this? Like, what happened? Do we run out of bullets? And Jesus says, Jesus says to them, because of your unbelief, For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, one of the things that that I want to point at is on the topic of faith, we think that we need buckets of faith before things will move. And he said, no, 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 it's not buckets, it's even the smallest amount. Even the smallest amount of faith, if you had this small amount of faith, you could still say to this mountain, move, and it would move. And what he's referring to here is, is, obviously, is unbelief. Then he goes on and says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. He's like, oh, you didn't tell us that. This kind, what kind? This demonic activity. This kind of demonic activity, Jesus is saying, doesn't go out without, doesn't come out without prayer and fasting. So so you're asking me, so Jeff, is Jesus saying that there are demons that won't go out except by prayer and fasting? Is that what he's saying? Yes. Is Jesus saying that sometimes our weapons of warfare are actually prayer and fasting? Yes. Yes. Is he saying that we earn spiritual authority in prayer and fasting? No. All spiritual power was given to us as a free gift by the death and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus defeated Satan on the cross. It is done. He stands in triumph over him. Then the question is, is why do we need to fast and pray to get some of the demons out? I don't know. Well, I'll just say this. I don't know the whole answer. But to that, I believe that when we fast and pray, we are the ones who are changed to see. 
The other thing, let me just point this out. With, with, with God, I heard this from someone, there's no wasted motion. There's no wasted movement. So when Jesus was uh, headed to, I think it was Jairus' daughter, it was so crowded, he's headed that way, and the woman with the issue of blood presses through, touches him, and she gets healed. Well, Jesus was on his way to heal Jairus' daughter, not heal this lady. But because of the path that he took, it was actually on purpose. Therefore, there was no wasted movement or motion with Jesus. He had that in mind all along. So the fact that Jesus is talking here, he says, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Yes, he's talking about the demon. He's also talking about the unbelief that was in their heart. The way that we deal with unbelief is also through prayer and fasting. Yeah, someone came up to me after first service and told me that. So don't, that wasn't me. <laughs> My agreement with God, which is the same thing as faith, faith, is stronger and clearer when I'm in a season of fasting and praying. When I pray and see the demon leave, my faith actually becomes stronger and I grow in faith. When I see this thing work, I'm like, oh my goodness. So as believers, we operate in faith. Our authority operates in faith. When we fast and pray, our faith grows stronger. Prayer and fasting, again, doesn't earn us more authority, but it does position us to be in a place where we operate more in agreement with the Holy Spirit. All right. So this passage, we can take, we can take this from this passage that actually fasting actually causes a greater release of power. So Jesus is saying, this isn't going to go out except but by prayer and fasting. If you're bumping into things in your life that are not moving, you might want to consider Prayer and fasting. It's designed this way. So look at Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58, verse 6. I said look at it and I just turned to it. Is this not the fast I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry that you bring, your ho- that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing, like, well, your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. All of this is pertaining to fasting. So in Isaiah 58, there are eight purposes of fasting. And this is probably one of the most concise passages on fasting in Scripture. But here's the, here are the eight, in case we missed them. That we, would loose, we fast to loose the bonds of wickedness. Not only in ourselves, but in other people. We fast to undo heavy burdens. We fast to help the oppressed go free. We fast to give bread to the hungry. Now, the, the bread to the hungry is not just about feeding the poor. It's about partnering with the Lord, the Lord's heart, his heart as it pertains to the poor. But this is not about just giving away bread for people who are hungry. This is about giving away spiritual bread. 
to receive the light of revelation in God's word. If you are, if you are at a crossroad or if you're at an impasse with the word of God, you're like, man, you know what? I just don't get it. I've tried every version. It's nothing's happening. Try fasting because you need the lights to come on inside so that you can receive the light from the outside of the word to, to hit you. I'm telling you, when you fast, it's, it's amazing how our spirit man comes on online. And then it talks about emotional and physical health, that your healing would spring forth speedily and for righteousness to break forth. For whoever has, to him more shall be given. So Jeff, why are you bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because I believe that we as a church family are to start regular fasts here at Grace Center. I personally don't believe that we can accomplish everything that we are to accomplish without cooperating with him in prayer and fasting. It's not going to happen. So I'm going to talk about this next week, but I'm going I'm, I'm to say this this week because I don't want to say it next week because every, people will go, what? But I be, I'm going to ask, I'm, and you know what? This is all voluntary. There, there's no mandate here. You don't have to do this. Okay, this is all voluntary. But I'm going to ask that we as a church body adopt a fast, a fast on the first Monday of every month. Okay, now if you can't do it on Monday, don't worry about it. Do Tuesday or whatever. But, and we'll talk about what the fast looks like and what it looks like for you. So some of you might say, well, yeah, I can't because of medical condition. I totally understand that. I'm, I'm not trying to get you to go against your doctor's orders. I would say, ask the Lord, what is the most intense thing that you can do to partner with him? Because it's, it, it, it's, it's all about withholding our desire for the one desire. And when we give something valuable to him, he gives something to us that's valuable. When we give something to him that's valuable to us, he gives us something that's valuable to him, which is him talks about in scripture that he is the, the desire of the nations. So, let me just say this. Every prophetic promise is not a guarantee. It's an invitation. So if you're waiting for something to happen of the words that have been sp spoken over your life, nothing's happening. Ask yourself, how much are you partnering with the word that he's given you? But every prophetic, we've got prophetic promises over this house. We've got prophetic promises over, over my life, over our family. And the thing that I'm realizing, I, we could leave it up to, well, it's the sovereignty of God. He'll do whatever he wants to do. Yes and no. But he's looking for people who will partner with him in faith to see it come about. Okay. You know what? God bless you. You've been great.